Hello and welcome to another episode of AI Daily. I'm Farb. I'm joined by Ethan and Connor, and we got a we got stories all over the place today, from rocks to the sky to good old fashioned GPUs. Let's get started with the latest in LK99 news from our friends at Varda, who are based here in LA. Some super exciting stuff. Con, why don't you give us the lowdown? Vardo might be based in Miami is, is the worrying part of that. But besides no, that, oh, they're here. Oh, they're okay. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Their but, founders just like to go to Miami a lot and talk about how okay. awesome Miami is. But they did tweet about how LA is where you come if you want to work on atoms, or as I like to say, LA is the land of memetics and kinetics. Real work like it's in LA. But yeah, Andrew McCallop of Varda, they replicated it. They published it at 5 a.m. this morning working. They pulled an all-nighter over there at the Varda HQ. And they're showing levitation um, and a very high-quality video of the Meisner effect. No test of superconductivity yet. But as he said, a few papers have been saying that levitation will go hand-in-hand with superconductivity. So maybe the material just is too small of quantities right now. Maybe the quality of it is not good enough, but levitation's happening, so superconductivity may be happening. It's giving levitation, as as we say. Uh, Ethan, what how do you feel about this? Is it giving you the is it giving the warm the warming tinglies or are you are you not buying it yet? No, I, I think American manufacturing is back. You know, I saw a really funny tweet. It was like, you know you're living in the future when the engineer from the space manufacturing startup replicates the room temperature semiconductor. So I think it's super cool. They only got it for a few micrograms right now, but the fact that this was done in 10 days, like they were able to replicate what looks like levitating, what looks like potentially the Meissner effect at a few micrograms within 10 days at a lab right here in LA. So super, super cool. Excited for Varda, excited for the engineer there, the entire team. I think you meant superconductor, but I don't think anybody involved in any yes. of this has successfully not said semiconductor at least once. <laughs> uh, I know, I know, I have probably on the show, probably on the show. To be honest, uh, yeah, this is this is exciting stuff here. Let's see, let's see where it goes from here. We're so back, mm-hmm. uh, it's so over. We're so back, but we'll always be here to to explain it one way or the other to you. Uh, very cool. Let's let's jump into our next story. So we. We go from the lab. Oh, I'll just say one more thing. Somebody, you know, from we got a couple of comments from Russia yesterday in our uh, in our story, which was pretty awesome. Somebody was reacting to my point about how the average Russian kitchen is like a super lab. And the guy was basically, like, yeah, that's right. My dad used to melt electronics in the kitchen to get the gold out of <laughs> electronics. We're not messing around over there. That that's for sure. All right. Uh, moving for our, for our next story, we're going to move up. In, into the sky and talk about a little bit of AI in jets. Uh, what's this story about, Ethan? Tell us about it. Yeah, so for, for a while now, actually, like AI controlling drones has been a relatively, actually, extremely hard problem. So the Air Force drones, Navy drones, etc. You know, the end state is not having a human pilot for everything, especially as other countries wrap up more AI capabilities in their drones. How do we stay competitive? Um, so Valkyrie, one of the Air Force's uh, air combat drones, actually s- kind of solved this challenge problem with 
similar to a foundation model. They took a ton of images, a ton of videos for what these drones see and were able to kind of build this foundation model that lets it win these challenges in simulations, lets it actually fly on its own and kind of removes the need for a human pilot. Um, so really cool stuff around that. You know, I think the entire you know, DOD and warfare space is rapidly trying to integrate AI in ways they see efficient. You know, we've seen a lot of excitement around LLMs for DOD, but I think the real weight here is these types of drone controls, whether that's submarine drones, whether that's air drones. These are the type of things that will actually keep, you know, the U.S. military and the Five Eyes competitive. So really cool stuff out of them. And who knows what they have that they're not releasing. So really cool stuff. Yeah, they were, uh, I mean, they, they make a couple of great points, you know, running one of these jets for an hour costs tens of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. So running it in simulations is obviously a fraction of that cost. Uh, and then I, I also love the, the name of one of the, one of them is called Skyborg mm -hmm. uh, instead of Cyborg. It's pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty hilarious name. Uh, Connor, what did you, what did you take away from this? Skyborg sounds a little bit similar to similar to Skynet, but for my opinion, but get over it. Okay. Skynet's coming. Yeah, no, their, their stated goals are for it to be able to do on the air or on the ground attacks on its own, which is very lofty goals. So, of course, they still have human in the loop. Uh, they still will always have someone either flying next to it as they did for all these demos or just monitoring it remotely. I believe they wanted to build a thousand of them or just have a thousand of them out in the, out in the field, which will be one pilot of the top 500 pilots, top 500 jets, two, two basically co-pilots, two Valkyries flying next to them. So exciting future for AI and military. You know, you can't let other people beat you to this. That said, hopefully we don't need so many planes attacking so many places that there aren't enough humans to, to handle the, handle the work or, or, or possibly at some point they'll just be much better than humans. But that seems like a pretty lofty goal here. The folks that are uh, trained on flying these things are pretty spectacular. It'll, it'll be a little while, I think, before an a AI is doing a better job. That said, an AI is not going to potentially pass out in the plane um, from pulling G-forces and things like that. So, Absolutely. And I think we'll have to get to some of this, you know, like a hypersonic missile and some of these other capabilities. Just a human can't have the reaction time needed for defense. So having AI in the loop for these, despite the safety risks and all that, I think is extremely important. So it's cool they realize that. Yeah, you can't give up AI dominance in this space for sure. Um, all right, moving into our last story, the... Fine folks at Alibaba have released a high-performing, smaller model, a 7 billion parameter model. It surpasses Llama 2 7B and potentially 13B as well, especially on math and coding. They've uh, made it commercially available, I think, up to 100 million users. Some pretty cool results here. Uh, Connor, what, 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 are you, what are you getting from this? Yeah, people thought for a while that Llama 2 was probably hitting the limits of what we can do on a 7 billion or even 13 billion parameter model. But now that Alibaba's new model at 7 billion is beating even the 13 billion possibly, pretty exciting for maybe even further how much we can push these smaller models. It's it, it is Chinese focused. So of course it's mainly centered around the Chinese language, won't be as good for English or any of those types of use cases. But as we keep saying, China, great research out of them as always. I thought I read that it was pretty well suited for other languages. Maybe I, maybe I misread that. It is. It's pretty multifaceted, but mostly Chinese focused, of course. All their demos, all their examples, even all their like docs and languages in Chinese. You know, we're seeing the sort of expanding, uh, we like the, the, 
the broad LLMs back to like more fine-tuned LLMs, like, hey, can we make this very good at math and code versus trying to be good at everything under the sun? I think this pattern of expanding and contracting is probably going to continue forever. Ethan, what's your read? Uh, yeah, the cool, coolest thing I saw from this was it has supportive plugins. So they actually trained it with a lot of this like plugin alignment data. So when you want a, let's say you're building an agent and you want a small model that's maybe more efficient than the big models, um, you want it to call APIs, you want it to call databases, you want it to work with some code. I think these are the type of models you want to fit. And this one seems to be working a lot better than Llama. So like I said, instead of calling GPT-4 for some of these use cases or setting up a bunch of A100s for a larger model, we're getting these smaller models that are useful in these kind of more defined contexts. Um, so having a 7 billion parameter model that can call some tools, hit up your database, and at least manage that layer of your stack is really useful. Again, another engineering kind of pipeline thing that we're seeing LLMs go through. Also, of course, again, to know every big company is going to be training their own LLMs. Alibaba is not going to be calling OpenAI. Alibaba is making their own model, even if it's the exact same, even if it's only slightly better on some things, slightly worse on some things. Everyone's going to make their own model, as we're seeing. Yep. Absolutely. All right. What are we all, uh, what are we all seeing out there, Connor? Yeah, I saw um, someone train kind of modified ADA2 embeddings so that you can kind of mix and match them. So you can kind of find the average of many statements. Um, bit of a weird token embedding thing. I think the example, we'll put it on the side, shows it better. But you kind of add and subtract two different kind of sentences. Like, he is the king. If you subtract, he is a man. And add, she is a woman. It will give you, she is the queen. So that's a very simple example. But you can imagine that spread over maybe a million reviews. You can average all the embeddings for that statement and get the average statement between all those. So pretty interesting results, pretty interesting something that we could possibly do. Interesting. Very cool. What about you, Ethan? Uh, the collateralization of the GPU. I saw that CoreWeave raised almost $2.5 billion um, of debt, pretty much collateralized by the current GPUs they have and to go buy a ton more GPUs. Um, you know, speaks to two things to me, one of which it's, you know, venture dollars directly buying GPUs like at scale, that doesn't make a ton of sense. So they're raising these debt facilities. And secondly, just these huge PE firms and these huge growth funds seeing just real data, real demand for GPUs and saying, we'll throw debt behind that. You know, debt's not the easiest to come by. And especially at this size for anything new. And it's pretty rapid. We're seeing it just applied to NVIDIA chips. So really fascinating. Nice Very to see or housing market of GPUs, where other GPUs are collateralizing more GPUs all the way into the future, and then with GPU, mm -hmm. um, commonplace, it all tumbles down. Yeah. I, I saw <clears throat> our, our favorite person to uh, reference on the on the pod, Ethan Malik, uh, posted something, and I gave him a bit of a hard time about it yesterday. So, A, I apologize, Ethan, if I was a little, a little bit harsh. But, he, you know, he was talking about the forever debate of, you know, trust experts versus, you know, do your own uh, investigation into something. And, you know, my point to him a little bit, you know, he was kind of implying that you can, you got to trust experts. You can't learn everything yourself. There's too much to learn, which might be the case. But my point to him was that coming from somebody like him, who people respect and, and look up to, uh, especially with regards to science and, and being a knowledgeable person, if you say something like that, you're just going to get people to toss their more people to toss their hands up and say, OK, well, I'm just not going to try and learn anything and I'll just trust experts. And I don't think it's an either or thing. You can 
give some value to people who you trust, who have more knowledge than you do, and you can do some learning on your own. Uh, making it a all or none in one direction, I think is the wrong framing. And I just encourage everybody to, you know, find smart people, uh, learn from them, trust them when you have to, especially if it's life and death, that you got to make your own decision about what you're trusting. It's not like uh, you can just, somebody said, I got to listen to experts, so I'm not allowed to ask questions anymore and I got to give up trying to learn. The whole point of learning is learning things you don't know. So to say that, you know, uh, you shouldn't learn about that because you don't know it, it just obfuscates all the point of learning anything. Uh, you don't have to become an expert in everything and you don't also have to just give up all of your decision-making to experts. Uh, there is a wonderful integrated middle path that you can tread. Uh, it'll take a little bit of work on your part, but my hunch is you'll be rewarded for it. So that's my little diatribe. I think that, I think that looks beautiful. But very Thanks. well. Yeah, I think it's about finding experts who know their knowledge in specific domains or fields. And as you said, evaluating what you th what they think in your own thoughts and finding multiple experts and getting multiple opinions. So. Just don't be complacent when you hear the word expert. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Don't be complacent though. I think Truman, Truman warned us about this. If it, if it wasn't Truman, it was the Simpsons. You know, they, those two seem to have covered <laughs> dire warning. <laughs> sure. Did they have a superconductor episode of the Simpsons? Probably. Oh, my, I'm sure you, I'm sure you can ask you at chat GPT, man. That's not my job to, we'll do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Hope you have a great day. We'll see you on the next episode of AI Daily. See you guys. Thanks, guys.